0: Ariel Hawani's MMA show is presented by Modelo. brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Hello there, friends. Ariel Hawani here back with another edition of the pod. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday afternoon. Today, we've got UFC featherweight champion Alexander, the great Volkanovsky, who returns to action on July 11th against Max Holloway, And we've got Cynthia Calvillo, who's coming off that big win over Jessica I. in last weekend's main event, the new flyweight contender, herself. And you know, when I think of Cynthia Calvio, that reminds me that the great Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network joins my friend and yours, Mina Kimes, on the latest episode of Mina's very popular football podcast, The Mina Kimes Show. This week, Mina and Cynthia preview the AFC East, and from what I hear, they're very high on my Buffalo Bills, who of course We'll win the Super Bowl come February. can't wait to check it out. It's the Mina Kimes Show. Download and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. Also, a reminder that today's podcast contains language that may not be suitable for all audiences, so listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Back in your life. On this Wednesday, June 17th, 2020. Hello again everyone. Welcome back to the program. As always, we are presented by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Root for those with a fighting spirit. Hope you're doing well. We got a great show planned for all of you. It's the Wednesday version of the Helwani Show. And this week, we're talking to the reigning defending UFC featherweight champion, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. He's fighting in the co-main event of UFC 251 July 11th on Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. And yes, I am putting a moratorium on this program and the Monday show with DC on the term Fight Island. It ain't no Fight Island, all right? It's just Yaz Island, okay? It's great. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but it's not what we thought it was. So could we please stop with all of it? I know no one's going to stop with all of it. I know that you all love saying it, but here it's Yaz Island or 251 or UFC 251 or just a great pay-per-view card with three title fights on the card. So uh, today we will talk to Alexander Volkanovsky about the rematch. And let me tell you, this guy's got a chip on his shoulder. It sounds like he's, you know, like he's the top contender going into the fight, not the champion defending his title. It sounds like he's the hunter, not the hunted So it's a very interesting conversation. After that conversation, we'll talk to Cynthia Calvillo, who had a great win on Saturday night over Jessica I in the main event of that Vegas show at the Apex um, in Sin City. We'll talk to her about the move to 125, about her tough upbringing in East San Jose. And after that, I'll offer some thoughts as well on Amanda Nunez's latest comments regarding her potential retirement. But first, here's my conversation with Alexander Volkanovsky. I appreciate you joining me. It's been a it's been a minute, as they say here in America, since we last spoke. And of course, we found out last week that you are returning to action on July 11th, UFC 251, uh, against Max Holloway. Co-main event of that uh, that card that has three title fights on it. There's a lot to talk to you about um, with regards to the fight, the comeback this quote unquote fight Island situation. But first let me just ask what is life like in Australia right now for you? Because uh, my understanding, Australia, New Zealand, it's, it's slowly going back to normal over there. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It's definitely uh, getting, uh, you know, the gyms are back opening now. Uh, contact. It's not up to contact yet here in Australia, uh, New Zealand, they got contact there, but uh, we're allowed, obviously we've got exemptions to, to train. Uh, we're lucky enough to get our team and a, uh, behind us to, to get that done as soon as we knew this fight was happening which wasn't that long ago uh the boys were quick quicker uh, you know and, and got the got the job done i had uh, guys from all around australia some of the best fighters in australia within a couple of days though they were at the gym uh you know we're all under this whole process and system that so we can train but uh you know things that are, are definitely uh, getting better over here
0: so to be clear you won't be training for this fight at uh city kickboxing you'll be staying at home
1: Yeah, I'll be staying at home, uh, man, because if I still go to New Zealand, I've got to do quarantine, and uh, quarantine for two weeks, and uh, obviously this is a pretty short-notice fight, and, uh, you know, we just could not afford that. You know, you can't afford uh, doing nothing for for two weeks, so we needed every week uh, we had uh, of training, but I was lucky enough to get uh, a good uh, team around us. Obviously, you know, we've still got... uh, Eugene and Brad and the boys over there, like we, we do Zoom chats and breaking down the fight and everything. So everything's the same because, uh, you know, Joe Lopez, my head coach, is always one holding pads and doing most of the stuff with me anyway. And we've got the bodies as well. Same schedule. So, you know, just at a different spot.
0: Who will be cornering you for the fight?
1: Uh, the same The same thing. So uh, uh, Eugene, Brad, uh, my head coach, uh, Joe Lopez, and uh, Frank will uh, be over there as well, the wrestling coach. So, yeah, we'll have the the same the same team.
0: Have they explained to you guys how you're going to get there? Because I heard that there's different options on the table, like hub cities, charter flights, or you might be able to fly direct. Do you know how you're actually going to get to Abu Dhabi?
1: Man, to be honest, right now I'm just focusing on, on training. I've got the, the team working on that, the UFC, so I don't exactly know. Uh, well, right now we want to know, you know, know what temperature it's going to be in, in, the, in the arena or wherever we're fighting. These are things that we, we need to – because the plans might change. Because right. I got told uh, obviously last time it was pretty hot in the in the arena, and if that's the case, you know we might need to change uh, some things up, whether we go there early and or even camp, whether we we train under heat lights or whatever it is, you know what I mean? We got to we're to make some changes. So we're still uh, finding out exactly what's happening. Again, I was only not even you know maybe two weeks ago where I knew I was fighting. So uh, you know a lot's happening, but uh, I still need to get prepared. But luckily, you know me, I'm a professional. I work hard. I'm always staying fit, but but at the same time, uh, we need to get ready. So the, we need we need to get shit done.
0: If you find out that it's going to be super hot in there, would you in fact train under heat lights?
1: Uh Lamps
0: yeah. like those, like well, like yeah. what, did you, what would you put in there?
1: Hey, we'll probably get a uh, inside heaters. You know, we, wow. we'll do everything. You know what I mean? Where you know we try and do everything we can. You know what I mean? Like uh, all the one percenters. You know what I mean? There's uh, there's science behind everything, whether it's nutrition uh training and you know everything but uh especially a temperature change in 2 degrees can make a big difference so uh you know we want to be you know we want to be familiar with, with these things you know we we have to uh, even though I'm quick to adapt um I want to adapt nice and early I want to be used used to it I want to be comfortable uh you know uh, exactly do the hard 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 rounds uh, in the heat early rather than uh, try and get used to it in the, in the arena fighting for, you know, defending your belt. So uh, these little things uh, need to be done if that, if that's going to be the case, but we just need to find out exactly what's happening first.
0: So, so the main card locally is going to start at 6am to accommodate the North American audience. So that means because you're the second to last fight, you're probably going to fight at around 8am or so locally. How do you feel about that?
1: I'm fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, we we actually do everything. Like I said, we do all the everything. We try and be real specific with everything we do. Like we got specific sessions that we train. Like I don't have a day off because my usually my Sunday is my day off. But you know we train at the same time as as we fight. And usually that's uh you know whether it's a you know lunch or or in the morning here in Australia, that's when I'll do my my hardest workout at that time. You know just to adapt so my body is used to to moving at that time. So you know, even when I go to Abu Dhabi, I'm going to be, you know, the sleeping pattern, I'm going to try and stick to what I what I do here. So I'll be going to sleep reasonably early and waking up uh, pretty early over there as well. So I'm going to try and do that. We'll see how we go. But, you know, everything, everything counts, man. That, that's a, You know, especially when you're at the highest level, you know, the everything adds up, you know what I mean? So all these 1%ers do make a big difference. And so, again, these are things that, that need to be done. So no surprises come five times.
0: Since you mentioned it a couple of times, um, I'm just wondering: Would you have preferred if the fight would have been a little later? Is is June 11th a little earlier than you would have would have hoped?
1: Uh, opportunity wise, I think this is a this is a good opportunity. Fighting and you know, being the first uh, card on fight, fight Island, and you know, obviously a stacked card, free title fights, and it's an opportunity I didn't want to miss. You know what I mean? So that was a You know, if, if this was pushed back a couple of weeks and was still going to be the first fight, yeah, all right, maybe. But anyone that knows me knows that, that I can get, I can get fight fit within a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, it's, let's be honest, we, we knew it was going to be max the whole time. So, you know, you know, it's nothing, nothing really changes. I know I'm already, uh, in the two weeks that I've done, you know, I'm already, uh, levels up. So, you know, and by, by fight time, I'll be a really good mix. So I'm, I'm not worried about that. And again, this is a big opportunity that I didn't want to miss. So, uh, you know, again, it's just, you might have seen, I've got, i got something to prove right now. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just with everything that's happened, obviously these challenging times, uh, you know, people quickly forget, people quickly forget that, uh, you know, I went out there and shut a uh, max down. You know what I mean? And no disrespect to the man, but that's what happened. You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, again, people quickly forget and, and I don't know what it is, whether it can be, you know, bias, uh, opinions or whatever it is. And over time, people just, you know, people can, like I said, quickly forget, like, you know, they can put things in their head and then, and believe it. So that, I believe that that's happened. I believe that uh, a lot of people uh, forget that I, that I shut him down, you know, five rounds to nil. And, you know, I'm, that's not, I'm, you know, me, I'm not the type to brag, but I mean, it is what it is. I believe I won all five rounds pretty convincingly. And, uh. You know, again, people quickly forget. And I've got something to prove. I need to. I need to show everyone that July 11th that you know I'm, I am the best featherweight in the world. And you know, there's going to be no doubt left in anyone's mind uh, as soon as uh, as soon as I get the job done. So I'm looking forward to it. Again, it's a big opportunity. Even fighting Max, you know, some people say, does he deserve the rematch? I don't care. This is a fight I want. I need this fight for me. I need this fight for my legacy. I need this fight. You know what I mean? Uh, to for me to really. Uh, put myself in a a good position and and let everyone know you know this is what needs to be done this is the fight I want so uh, you know there was times when my team were like you know what fight should we want and then I end up saying I want Max you know that's what's going to get thrown at us anyway give me Max again I've got something to prove you know what I mean you know whatever but I can't wait man I'm I'm stoked I've got a new motivation it's weird you know I mean I'm using it as fuel it looks like I'm you know, I'm worrying about what people are saying and but I mean, I'm using that as fuel. I've got this, uh, you know, obviously I fought for my family but now I've got something to prove as well. So no one's taking that belt away from my kids. I guarantee you that. And not just that, you know, now I've got this, I've got this new hunger. I've got this new fire in the belly and I'm like smashing pads, hitting harder than ever. You know, just hitting numbers on the, on the salt bikes and everything. I'm just, I'm keen. I'm ready. Huh. You know, let's go. Let's do it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's good. So I believe that, I believe the timing is right purely on that.
0: And, uh, I appreciate the passion. I can feel it coming through the screen here. And I should correct myself. I said June 11th at the beginning of that question. Obviously it's July 11th in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. I, I saw an article, um, about you. You did an interview with ESPN.com in Australia recently and you, you mentioned a lot of the things that you just mentioned now. And it seems like you are feeling like, disrespected you it's almost like you have this chip on your shoulder and usually when you're the when you're the hunted as opposed to the hunter you can kind of chill you're at the top of the mountain but why does it feel like i'm talking to a contender right now as opposed to the champ why are you so riled up do, do you really feel like people have not given you your due since you won that title
1: man at the end of the day you're always going to get this you know there's always going to be haters there's always going to be people that doubt and you know you which i don't mind i'm all about that this sport's a, a, a crazy sport man I knew what I got into when I first come in. So for me, you know, it's not really getting to me, but again, it's, it's, it's giving me motivation. It's giving me, you know, a, a focus. It's giving me a drive. It's giving me, it's giving me a goal. I've got a new goal, not, you know, last time I needed to win, win that belt. Right now it's more than that. Just beating Maxi isn't enough. I'm going to go out there and show everyone how much better I am. You know, what I mean, show everyone just, you know, the, the fighter I can be, you know, I can beat anyone. Give me a full camp. I can beat anyone. I'm better than all the fighters in my division, hands down. But, you know, now I'm proving something different. I'm going to go out there and prove something different. And, again, it's – yeah, there was a little bit of a a disrespect. But, again, it's just – again, like, uh, you know you know me. I don't usually talk like this. And and Max is a a cool dude and everyone loves Max. But at the same time, this whole narrative uh, straight after the fight where he thought, you know, he won and the leg kicks weren't working. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's just – that's what he believes. And so be it, but you know, him, him playing that and then over time people starting to believe it. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, again, it's, uh, I feel, I feel that, uh, yeah, people can quickly forget. And, uh, let's be honest, you know, you don't switch stances, uh, for no reason. You know, I know he likes to switch. He had done a whole round in South purely because his leg was banged up. And that, that, that round that he did, that was my third round. He went, uh, South pretty much the whole fight. And that was my biggest round. I picked him apart. You ain't going to stay there the whole round if your leg ain't hurting, especially when you're getting constantly punched in the face. You know what I mean? So if you look at the numbers, that's where I did most of my numbers and most of my damage. And, uh, you know, for him to act like the legs weren't hurting, you know, I believe I believe that's a lie. But look, I, I could be wrong. You know what I mean? I ain't hating on the man. But at the same time, you know, even just saying like, you know, and they started talking about the judges and things like that. And I was just like, where are they going with this? You know what I mean? I just... I was, uh, I was quite surprised. And then uh, over time, you start seeing people uh, literally using the same words that uh, these, guys, these guys do. And then, like, again, people quickly forget. And this just drills in their head. And over time, we had plenty of time to think about these things. But at the same time, man, that's that's just a sport, mate. Very unforgiving sport sometimes. But, uh, hey, I ain't whinging I ain't about it. I knew what it was when I come in. But uh, I'm lucky enough that i got the belt and I get to prove myself. You know what I mean? I get to show everyone, let everyone remember. Why I'm the best featherweight in the world. And again, you know, Max was a great champion, great fighter, uh, you know, a cool dude, but at the same time, that ain't enough. Uh, I'm, I'm the man right now, and I'm going to show that uh, July 11th.
0: So you have a situation where you looked so good in the first fight. Um, the game plan was tremendous. As you said, the light kicks really worked perfection, made him switch stances. You beat him up. Um, some people thought that you won all five rounds. Will you change anything, and I know you you don't want to tip your hand, but like why would you even consider changing anything it, like do, do you think that he'll come and 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 show up to it's, be a much different fighter? That was the best Max Holloway we thought we saw back in December, so is it safe to say that we're going to see a similar alex Volkanovsky?
1: look man that's a that's that's a thing like i don't need to change much, but at right. the same time, this is going to be a different fight uh you know a lot of people uh and even Max, you know, their team, I'm sure they're going to see the success in the later rounds uh, where, where he did more, uh, you know. And again, this is this is how, how, how quickly people uh, will forget and people, uh, I know, you know, I mean, I'm the type of person, you know me, I'm I'm as real as it gets. I'm just a chilled out Aussie bloke that just tells you how it is, man. You know, that's just me. And uh, let's remember, I broke my hand that fight. A lot of people mm. were trying to say he slowed down and whatnot. And I broke my hand. Like, you know, I knew I was up. I knew he was going to get desperate. I broke my hand. Obviously, I need to be a little bit more cautious and pull back a little bit in them later rounds. But, but, I mean, that's where he's seen success. And I know he's going to do a lot more this fight. That's why this fight's going to be a lot more high-paced. He's going to take a lot more risks, which I'm telling you, I'm going out there to, to put hands on him. I'm going out there to, to hurt him. And, uh, again, not, nothing against the man, but, that's, again, I've got something to prove. And that's what's exciting about this fight because I know he's going to try and do more. That's playing into my game. That's why this fight's going to be different. Again, you know me. I'm I'm a smart fighter. I'm not going to take stupid risks and you know just risk losing the whole fight. But at the same time, there's going to be a few more risks that need to need to be uh, need to happen on both ends. And that's why uh, I I believe this is going to be a, a high-paced fight. And uh, I believe I'm finishing him. I really do. And I believe I'm the man that can finish him. Again, that's the golden one as well. You know, no everyone thinks that he can't be finished. So. I love it. I love proving people wrong. I've done it in the last few fights, and I'm sure people are going to uh, are going to disagree with me uh, finishing Max, but that's my goal, uh, July 11th. I can't wait, man. I'm stoked. As, as you can see, I've got a new fire in the belly. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be good. I, I can show them, I can show everyone some different tools, as well as everyone knows uh, I'm a smart fighter. I've got the fighter IQ. I can stick to a game plan. I will do that, but they're going to see some new tools uh, this fight.
0: Ultimately, the, the win is most important, but. Is there a part of you that does feel that you need to finish him to shut everyone up once and for all?
1: And That would be good. But, again, that's my goal anyway just because yeah. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. And, uh, again, I, if he wants to win this fight, he needs to do more. And uh, he knows that as well. So he's just playing into that, that game as well. Right now, uh, winning and, and, and beating him and outsmarting him and, and all this isn't enough for me. And uh, I don't think that that's the the way to go about this fight. And that's why I'm going out there to to put some hands on him. And I'm sure he's going to want to do the same. He wants that belt back. But again, I I think I'm surprised that the team even wants this fight. You know, obviously they want that belt back. But I win this fight. I think he's definitely done in the featherweight division. So maybe he just wants one last crack at, at this featherweight title. If it doesn't happen, he moves up. I don't know what it is, but... The belt ain't going anywhere, Ariel. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Again, I'm not a cocky person. You know me. But I'm very confident in my abilities. And, and that belt's staying here with me in Australia. So I can't wait. I get oh. to prove it. That's the best thing about this. Yep. People can say I'm talking you know, and whatnot. But we are lucky enough that we can go out there and prove it. You know, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm going to do.
0: When did your hand feel 100%, the hand that you broke in that fight in mid-December? When did it feel like it was back to being normal?
1: Uh, Probably you know it would have been a, a couple of months, you know obviously rehab I could I was using it reasonably early I've got a good team around me where where we'll we'll doing everything we could, just trying to you know work things, obviously I couldn't use my right arm as much, but we'll doing as much as we we could to keep the strength in the arms and just everything so you know as soon as that bone was ready to be you know solid contact, it was ready to go, so I was slowly bringing it up you know, and probably a couple of months I was back to back to hidden pads as hard as I wanted or and whatnot. But then you yeah, obviously had this whole uh, whole uh, uh, coronavirus thing, so that slowed things down again. But again, it is what it is.
0: By the way, just curious. But, uh, yes, the quote, uh, the man himself. <laughs> um, just curious, before they, they settled on Holloway, did they present you uh, an opportunity to fight Henry Cejudo? Was there anything to that?
1: No, nah, no, nah, there was never never anything that, that come to me with that. That was uh, just... Obviously, uh, people talking about it. Hey, I was I was open to it. I'll be I'll be honest with you. You know, when he was when he was the champ and the feather a uh, flyweight champ, and he was trying to call for the featherweight, I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Holding up divisions I ain't I ain't all about that. But as soon as uh he he said he retired and gave up his belts, and then saying he would come out of retirement to fighting featherweight. I look at him now as a featherweight contender, as I've said. So he's no longer in the bantamweight division, no longer in the flyweight division, and he's talking about featherweight division. Now I look at him, all right, you ain't holding up divisions and you've done some good things. Like You've got to give credit to Cejudo. You, you can't knock him back. He's done some incredible things and to, to say he wouldn't deserve a, to shoot for them ranks pretty quickly, that wouldn't be fair. So that's when I was like, oh, you know what? This is an opportunity for, if the UFC come forward with it. Obviously, we'll look into it, especially when there was either Max, and right now, you know, we didn't have any of the other contenders uh, that fought that put themselves right up there. So we're sort of in a in a, a bit of a who do we fight? You know, it's sort of got to be Max, where well, I thought that that was probably the next option. But as as we've just seen, uh, whether it's uh, they've been fully announced, but the featherweight division, matter I'm stoked that it's pretty pretty uh, impressive with some of the fights that's happening. All the contenders, all the guys that are right up there, are fighting each other. So straight after this fight, there's going to be uh, there's going to be guys calling for that belt, and everyone's going to be talking about these guys. And whoever it is that's winning, obviously their name's going to be mentioned. And I can't wait. Who's going to be the next challenge? That's a you know I'm looking forward to it. So some exciting fights coming. And uh, again, I've got something to prove, July 11th, and then I'm going to have my eye on the rest of the guys. Again, like I told you from day one of once I got that belt, I want to shoot for these uh, contenders. I'm chasing these contenders, you know. I mean, I'm the yeah. I'm the am the champ, but I've got my eye on all the contenders. I'm coming for all of them. It,
0: it would appear as though the Cejudo fight, now that he's not tied up, would be a big fight. Is that something that you would even be interested in, or do you think it's unfair if he, you know, jumps the queue and jumps over the likes of Zabit and Zombie and all these guys?
1: I think he, if he did have a chance, it was. Before, hmm. now, like now that these fights are happening, I don't think that that would be fair. Yeah,
2: you know what I mean.
1: So again, like oh, i hate the matchmaker, so I don't know, but uh, I just look at it like like there's a, there's so many fighters that are that are close, but just not there yet. Uh, but that's why all these fights are happening. That's why the matchmakers are, are making these fights happen, and we're going to have clear number one contenders uh, very soon. So we're going to have a, a couple of options, I believe. Uh, but again, I've got a job to do. I've got something to prove and, you know, uh, this is why I wanted this fight. I wanted this fight with Max for the reasons I've told you. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it.
0: You won the belt six months ago. Has life dramatically changed for you and your family? Like, you obviously dreamt of being a UFC champion. Is life what you thought it was going to be or is it relatively the same?
1: Uh, look, at home, it's it's the same, obviously. I'm dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the kids don't care that you're, you've got a UFC belt. You know, they're going to still wake you up early hours of the morning. They're still not going to listen to you. You know what I mean? All these things don't don't change. But obviously when you're out and about, uh, it it is different. You know, it, it, it's getting harder to just, you know, sometimes I'll forget and I'll be like, oh, no, yeah, I need to pick up something. And then especially while this coronavirus is happening and everyone wants to shake your hand and get photos and all that, and you're like, oh, man, remember social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then so I was like, I started uh, being a bit cautious of going out, especially now. I yeah. can't go out because, you know, we've got a, we've got all the, especially with these exemptions, like we, we, we need to stick to our bubble because we've got that contact training and I can't afford to just go out and about and, and, and be mingling with everyone. So right now I just need to stay, uh, behind the scenes in the gym and I don't have time to do anything anyway because I'm Mars in the gym. Uh,
0: new management team though, right? That's a big change in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah, new management team. So that's, uh, yeah, that's big. It's just, uh, uh, just said something that, uh, needed to be done and, and, uh, it's happened and, you know, it is what it is. You know, I won't get uh, too much into that, but again, we're, we're looking forward. We're looking forward and, uh, things are going good. And again, we okay. got the, the, the fight we wanted and, uh, this is a big opportunity. And again, uh, things are, are going to change once again. You know, every time you fight, you know, things just blow up so much more. And then after this one, Fight Island, such a big card, you know, taken out you know, one of the goats back to back in his prime, you know, that's saying something, that's no joke. And that's what I plan on doing. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's it in a statement.
0: Two last things. When you talk about this exemption, like did you have to petition the the government to allow you to train? What do you mean when you say the exemption?
1: Yeah. So we had uh, as soon as we got wind of it, we, I had, uh, my, my team, uh, management team and that like hit up a local, uh, guys like that in in the government to hit up and we had like Mark Boris who's a very uh, uh, successful and uh, like a mentor guy around Australia is a you know very well known and he even helped us with it Uh, you know we got police commissioners on board and health ministers and we had to write up plans so we could train it was as a process it is a whole process we need to do COVID tests uh, every week you know and we're, we're doing everything like it's a whole process uh, but, you know, the, the team got that done within a couple of days, you know, and I was lucky enough to have my team, guys like, uh, you know, Mark Boris and, and just even everyone else that, that got behind it, got behind us. So the support's been unreal. And then again, even the support of the team, the, like the team that I've got with me now, like the, the, Aussie fighters, I've got like Australian champions, I've got UFC fighters, uh, you know what I mean? And just absolute guns that all, all right, bang, all, Stopped everything they're doing to, to be in camp with me at, 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 uh, here in Wingdang. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. So we've got, a, yeah, we've got a good team. And again, luckily, I've got the boys still throwing their, their two cents in, obviously, across the, the ditch there at New Zealand. So we're doing Zoom chats. So nothing's really changing. Just it's good, man. Feeling good. Moving good. Ready to rock.
0: Okay. And lastly, um, were you a little disappointed when Fight Island wasn't what we all thought it was going to be, that it wasn't going to be on the beach, or do you kind of prefer this, that it's in a controlled environment? I know we talked about the temperature, but, you know, fighting on the beach, the sun, the, 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 the the weight, I don't know. It could be a little distracting. Are you disappointed or happy that, uh, it's, it's not what we originally thought?
1: I never actually thought it was going to be on on a (laughs) beach in the, in the sunlight and all that type of stuff. So, that doesn't surprise me, you know. I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen some photos of this place. It looks pretty incredible, uh, you know what I mean. But you know, it's still it's still it's still Fight Island to me. So okay. uh, I'm thinking of that Fight Island. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Fight Island. Let's do it. Three title fights on Fight Island. I can't wait. But uh, you know, I mean, it's it's gonna be good. You know, I, I don't know too much about. It. I haven't actually uh, read into it. But every time I get asked, uh, you know, they they, they ask me, uh, you know, were you surprised by it? I probably need to do more research. All I know is it's hot over there and uh, I just want to make sure uh, there's some air conditioning in this uh, arena that we're fighting in. So I am definitely glad we're not fighting on a beach in the sun.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I can't wait. July 11th, the return of Alex Volkanovsky, his first title defense against the guy he beat to win the title back at UFC 245 in in December of this past year. I'm glad to hear that you're doing okay, that your hand is okay, Alex. It's great to see you as, as always, and I wish you the best in these final few weeks of training and, of course, on fight night. Thanks, as always. Thank you. Great stuff there from the champ. Amazing to hear what he has to go through just to train in Australia. And also to hear how fired up he is. Usually when someone is the champion, you kind of lose a little bit of that, but it sounds like he's got a massive chip on his shoulder and he wants to prove to everyone that the first win over Max Holloway was no fluke. I didn't consider it a fluke. 18th win in a row, you're coming off victories over Jose Aldo and and Chad Mendez. Yeah, it's not that big of a surprise that you can beat Max Holloway, but I guess people didn't really know who Volkanovsky was. So here he has an opportunity to shut everyone up and uh to cement his spot as the the top guy at one forty five. So it's a big spot for him. Now, uh speaking of big spots, Cynthia Calvillo had a big spot last weekend against Jessica I. Before we get to that conversation, let me tell you about our good friends over at Modelo. Modelo Especial. Hit the music. Oh, oh. I need DC here to sing while I uh, do the read. Anyway, Modelo is brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Modelo's is the official beer of the UFC and partners with UFC double champ Amanda Nunes, who I'll talk about later on in the program. She's got the fighting spirit, which means never giving up, even when the odds are against you. Great fighters are like great beers. It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters. What you're made of. Modelo has been the gold standard since 1925. (laughs) Modelo is a crisp, pilsner-style lager that set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. (laughs) Modelo uses premium hops to give the golden lager its crisp taste. (laughs) So when you're watching the next big UFC fight, like this weekend's, Alexander Volkov against Curtis Blades in the main event. Make sure you've got a crisp Modelo Especial within reach. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. And now here's my conversation with top contender, Cynthia Cavio. Cynthia, how are you?
2: I'm, I'm doing great. I mean, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs>
0: Well, congratulations on the win. It was very impressive. I actually want to start before the fight and the victory. Was the plan always to move up to 125 this year? Or was it because you got this fight on three weeks' notice, it was a big opportunity, and so 125 made the most sense?
2: No, after my last fight um, in the missed weight, I we had decided that you know, I was going to move up. Um, so I was scheduled to actually fight at Bonita as my UFC flyweight debut. But that fight got canceled because of the coronavirus, and, and I not have a gym to train at. So, um, yeah, the plan was always to go to flyweight. I mean, that was my goal even from the time that I got into the MC. It's just that there was no flyweight division, so I was like, uh, you know, I, I was stubborn about it. I wanted to get the title at strawweight and then move up to flyweight. But I just—it was just been too hard for me to make that weight. So we're gonna do, put that behind us right now and just go for the flyweight title. <laughs>
0: Yeah, of course. You know your your troubles making that weight well documented. How bad? Like, what was the worst? How bad did it get?
2: Well, just to the point where I couldn't sweat, and it was just one of those things where, like, if my body's going through things, like, it's really tough, and it's like a gamble, you know. Um, with flyweight division, it's I can always make it. it doesn't matter what's going. Like, what if something goes wrong? I can always, you know. I still have to cut some weight, but it's nothing in comparison to you know trying to cut to one fifteen. So. Uh, it, it's just—it was just too hard. I, it just got harder and harder. I don't know how I just kind of kept my weight low and I felt depleted. so I can constantly make that 115, but can't do it anymore. Like just at least not consistently, you know. So uh, flyweight, I'm going to be able to fight as many times as I want, you know, and like, be able to take short notice fights such as such as this.
0: And when you were cutting down to quote unquote cutting down to flyweight last week. Were you constantly telling yourself, man, this is so much better. I should have done this sooner. I wish I would have done this sooner. This is a, a breeze compared to what I've been used to.
2: Absolutely. I mean, usually when it's like we're three weeks out, it's like we're, we're super concerned about making sure my diet's on point. You know, it's like we have to be really strict and it's like, it's just another stress. And then with fly, at the flyweight division, I can train hard all the way through, you know, until the last week of, of, you know, the camp. So um, I feel so much better. It was just crazy. I like. I felt like it was just like even when I was fighting, it felt like I don't know. It was like another training day, and I was I was able to push really hard. So I'm really happy that I made the move.
0: Safe to say, you're not going back down to 115 ever again. This is your new home.
2: Um, it's my new home, but I can't say I'm never not going to go down the strawway. Given the right fight, I will definitely you know, go down and fight. Um, I still want to do my last, you know, get another chance, another shot at Marina Rodriguez um, to really make it right because that was my only draw. So um, I want to fight her if I get a chance to, But we'll see, you know. There's always certain fights I'm willing for sure to go down. But for right now, flyweight, away, flyweight away 20 home
0: and you know um when, when you're fighting obviously you've only had one fight at flyweight in the ufc but i can foresee and correct me if you feel otherwise there might be a size disadvantage for you when you start to fight the bigger girls at 125 are you at all concerned about that
2: no um no i'm not i, I just i don't i fought plenty of times at at 125 i started at 35 so it's not like you know, I've always been a small person, so I'm I'm strong. I'm strong, yeah. You know, we might have some, you know, disadvantages with, like, you know, length and reach and stuff. But, you know, that's okay. As long as I can get in there and grab around their legs and we can take them down, you know. And so I don't – I'm not really too concerned with that. I've fought some really big girls. And, you know, pretty much everybody already fought and moved up to, to weight. So, you know, I've I already fought, I think – Everybody except for Marina Rodriguez and Carlos Sparza are still strawweights, but everybody else I fought, they're all flyweights. So mm. it's you
1: know,
2: I'm I'm used to. it. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do just fine.
0: Uh, I know you you talked about this in the post fight press conference, but I wasn't quite sure what you were trying to say. So maybe you can clarify it for me. She missed weight by point twenty five, right? Just guy misses weight, but you believe that she actually missed weight by four pounds. What's the story here?
2: Yeah. um... So we received, um, so her coach, Eric had messaged message, my manager in the morning saying, um, that she was going to miss weight. She was at one twenty nine point something. And that, you know, she was having a hard time that she couldn't cut past that. And so we're like, okay, we're like, whatever. Like for me, I, I mean, I knew it was going to be tough making the weight, you know, so it wasn't such a big deal of her missing the weight. Um, what was a big deal is when, you know, you go on the scale and you show up 30 minutes later and you're magically 126.2 and not 129.6, you know, and it's like, that's like, I mean, that's taking money out of my pocket, you know, because that's the difference between 20% or 30%. When I miss weight, I paid my dues, you know, I didn't hold the towel to try to take extra pounds off. Like, you know, it would have been one thing if she would have just kind of sucked it up and just kind of dealt with it. But she was kind of boasting about it and there's no way she would have cut that much weight. Even Sean Shelby came up to me, you know, when we were at the weigh-ins and he's, she's like, yeah, she's going to miss weight by, you know, 129 and so forth. And next thing I know they're there, they kind of like muffle the, the weigh-ins. It was kind of weird because they announced everybody else's weight on the scale, but hers was just kind of like, they're like, I don't know. It was, it was really weird. Anyways, she came up to me, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, girl, it's only, you know, point two, and I'm like, no, it was definitely not point two, but I was, you know, I was gonna drop it, I was like, I'm gonna move forward with this fight, and then afterwards, I was just gonna call her out on it, because it just wasn't cool, you know, how she just went out about it, and she looked like she was really, like, happy that she had only missed weight by point two, but who's happy about missing weight, you know, when I miss weight, I, locked myself in the hotel room and I cried, you know, I do not want to talk to anybody else and, you know, I'm proud of myself because I almost made weight. <laughs> so it's so we- just weird. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, there's no way she weighed in at one twenty six point two. Not at all. And even at the end of the fight, all the officials were telling me there's a significant weight difference going into that fight because they weigh us in, you know, right before we fight. Mm. So Yeah.
0: So perhaps when they do the the hoop they need to have their hands up, yeah. right? Because right. Yeah. She didn't do For that. Reason. Um you also talked about in the post fight press conference that you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be here. You're you're a girl from East San Jose and, and people like you don't make it to stages like this. What what was life like in East San Jose? What was it you know, what was so bad about it?
2: Well, I mean there's a lot of gangs there, you know what I mean? Um, it's a poor community, so it's, like, we didn't really have many outlets out there. Like, everybody's just getting fights, you know. Parents always got – my parents were always, like, working and stuff, and so they didn't even have probably the means to make sure you have, like, right babysitters. And all the kids were always just in the street, you know. I never I never got to play sports or anything like that. The only thing I did is, like, play in the streets with all the kids there. So um, it's just – kind of rough you kind of grow up with this like attitude and stuff like that and I feel like a lot of kids there and I would have felt the same way too growing up because it's like before I got out of San Jose it was like weird like I didn't want to get you so sheltered in the idea of what's like going on there At first I didn't want to leave leave and when I did like I did a lot of growing like I just I didn't have this label on me and there's just like there's this label there when you're there it's like they're just already gonna assume you're gonna be like you know, just getting in trouble or just not really doing, you know, good things in life, really. Um, it's really easy to do that, you know. You are a product of your environment, you're whatever you're around. And so it's not, it wasn't an easy town to, you know, Eastside San Jose to grow up. Um, but so that makes me just really proud to represent, you know, especially me. I started when I was like later, I was at 23 years old, you know, no background. And so, there's a lot of kids out there that are just kind of lost and, you know, they don't have any direction. I didn't have anybody to know, like guide me or anything like that. And if I did, it would have been, you know, I think I would have been in here a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, it's just difficult growing up there. And um, I'm super excited to represent. Like, yeah, I never would have – you could have told me when I was little that I could be a professional athlete. I would have said, you're lying. <laughs>
0: Did you used to get into fights a lot as a kid?
2: Um, I got in. Yeah, my first fight was in fifth grade.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> and then uh, after that, um, girls wanted to mess with me, but they never followed through. So there was always a couple of times where we were really getting ready to fight, but it didn't happen because I was just, I I never started problems, but I was a person that if you started with me, like, I hate bullies. So if you ever picked on me, chances are I was definitely going to defend myself.
0: Wow! Uh, and so when you say that you only got into it at 23, who who opened that door for you? Who introduced you to this? Me. Oh, what do you mean?
2: <laughs> I just went to a gym like a block away from where I was working. Like I was not happy in my life I was like 23 I just got through huge breakup I was completely insecure kind of broken you know and um I didn't know what I was going to do and I was really depressed and I was fat and out of shape and just you know I don't know and there was a gym a block away and I was like you know I always wanted to try it and I never got a chance to um I loved watching fighting um lot, you know, obviously Mexicans, we love watch, you know, boxing and stuff like that. So my dad did watch it, but he never was like, oh, you know, you're going to be a fighter. There's no way, like, yeah. And um, yeah, I just I just walked in and, and the rest was history. I never left. I, like, cried every day, but never left. I came back every single day.
0: How do you go from that, you know, just trying to get your life back on track, lose some weight, etc., to becoming a pro fighter? At what point does the switch happen where you actually consider this to be a future for you,
2: um, probably. said the first or two years, I had my first fight after in the after year training, and I got a knockout, and I was like hooked after that. And so I just I just kept going, and I became the number one ranked fighter in the state of California as an amateur within three years. And then after that, I was like, man, you know, I could probably really do something with this, especially during that time. That's when Ronda Rousey finally, you know, the, UFC, the came over to the UFC. So that opened a huge door where I was like, man, we can actually, you know, possibly make a living off of this, you know. So I, I just believed in myself. My parents thought I was crazy. I, like, quit my job and I packed up my U-Haul and I, and I you know, drove to Sacramento. And that's where I started training with uh, Team Alpha Male. And ever since then, this is what I've been doing.
0: <laughs> and now you're part of... Team AKA the American Kickboxing Academy, which is, of course is in uh, San Jose. Why did you leave Alpha Male and join AKA?
2: um there was a lot of changes with the coaching, so I felt like I was like like getting split. Um, once we moved to the new location, because uh, uriah had a, a smaller one, it was more intimate and stuff. The coaching was was different, and then once we went to the new gym, a bunch of things changed, and um, I had. You know, one coach, Justin Buckles, and then I wanted to train with these guys, too, but they didn't like each other anymore. Justin left, and I was just kind of put in the middle of it, and it just – it it wasn't good for me. Um, started affecting me in my training because it was just, like, bad vibes. I felt like I was in the middle of it. So then I had left, uh, you know, Team Alpha Mound, and I was trying to figure things out, and it wasn't until this year – um, I was kind of getting ready for the Antonina fight and I was splitting my time between Sacramento and San Jose and then the pandemic hit. And then I was like, all right, let you know. I was like, let's just move. Cause I really wasn't doing a lot of the, my MMA training in Sacramento anyways. So I just decided I uh, just make the move. Um, I was born and raised in San Jose. It came there and my parents are there. So it's, I don't know, especially during this time. And I just want to spend as much time as I as I can with my with my parents. I didn't get to do that the last couple years since since I like left to uh moved to Sacramento. So now I'm back home, and it feels great. There's a lot of people my size there in you know, At first, there wasn't. That's why that wasn't my original choice.
0: Right. What's that process like? Like you say, okay, I want to join this great team. Do you have to talk to Javier Mendez or another coach there, and do they interview you? Like, how do you just join the team?
2: Yeah, I mean, Javier's like, you know, as long as he knows you're a fighter and you're a professional and stuff like that, of course, he will let you in and come join out the gym. I talked to him. I told him that, you know, I was planning to do my fight camp here and so forth. And he was very welcoming. He's like, yeah, whatever you need, just go ahead, you know. And um, I ended up just getting started working with one coach there, Ron Kessler. He's, uh, he's also, you know, MMA. Uh, but, And he's he's really good Yeah, he, he's actually beat up War Machine So he gets a lot of points for that Um, <laughs> um But they, He's, yeah, it's been great I mean, it's been really weird Because like this fight camp Once we got back to the gym It wasn't like the whole team was there I, like The gym's still not really open It's only open to people who have fights And so when we were in there It was just me, my like, you know Maybe one or two coaches And two teammates, you know and um that's how we were kind of doing this it was a two-week camp so (laughs) wow uh, yeah
0: i understand after the fight the captain of aka gave you a call sort of like when the president calls you after a big uh, victory daniel cormier called you he he bestowed that honor upon you what was that like to hear his words and to to get the congratulations from him
2: yeah no it was awesome i mean it, it felt really good i i mean i well, I didn't really feel the pressure, but i I was like thinking about that like how am I gonna go out there and like represent you know this team now and you know it's like short notice. I'm like, oh, I hope I don't go out there and blow this you know <laughs> but um no it was it was great um I don't know it's it's really cool, just everything that's been going on. he congratulated me and, and the team and said, you know we did a great job, and you know we were very composed and and like you know her coaches and stuff like that they were like going crazy trying to sell it to the judges you know during the fight and my corner was just we we're chill we, we went in there with the plan and we got it done so um, yeah he was he was just congratulating us so that was that was really cool
0: overall are you happy with your performance first five <laughs> round fight you go the distance you beat a former title contender are you happy with the the entire body of work
2: I mean yeah i think I think I did everything that I knew I was gonna do the fight, of course, you want to get the finish, but considering everything that was like going on i'm I'm pretty proud of myself, like this was my first five round fight, and I really wanted to see how I was gonna push like did we have like in my head like I was just thinking, man, we probably don't have enough time to get ready for a five round fight for a hard five round fight in three weeks or two weeks, but you know, we're we're just going to do our best. We're going to train every day, and we're not going to think about that stuff. You know, we accept the fight. Let's just do whatever I can to get in the best shape. And surprisingly enough, I felt like I was still able to go really strong in the fifth round. So if anything, I felt like I was definitely a little bit more conservative, but I do feel like I played the right fight. You know, I got a little, I got him more than I wanted to, but than I probably ever had out of any of my fights. Uh, but it was – it was I don't know. It was it was great. It, it felt good. Like I knew she was going to go in there big too, so I was just kind of see how I was going to deal with like pushing that weight around. Because when you do it, especially if you don't have enough time to get ready for a five round fight, you're you're going to get tired. You know a lot faster, obviously. But man, I, it was great. And I think that's the whole thing about being able to fly a flyweight. Like if I would have done this at a straw weight, I don't I don't know how I would have performed.
0: Hmm. Uh, I know after the fight you were like you know. Anyone, anytime, anywhere, I'm ready to go. And people were calling you out like Caitlyn Drakagian. But now that we're a few days removed, my suggestion was winner of Roxanne Mottaferri versus Lauren Murphy, which happens this weekend, would be the perfect next opponent for you. Do you have, uh, you know, stronger feelings as to who would make sense for you next?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was one of them. So I was either going to be thinking, do, you know, fight Caitlyn Chanugan, or, or I always I must for last name, sorry. Um, Drakagian. Kagan, there you go, and <laughs> Lauren, or the winner, Lauren Murphy, and Mata Perry, so um, for sure those are the options that we're looking at right now. Um, I'm hoping to get a, you know, a fight in August, so we'll see how these, you know, this fight goes this weekend, and, you know, because who knows, hopefully, I mean, they don't come out with any injuries and stuff like that, because obviously that would change it. Um, I just want to stay busy, so whoever we can line up for August would be was great.
0: And by the way, did you like the uh, the experience of fighting in the smaller cage?
2: I did, I did. Like, Why? There's nowhere to run, you know what I mean? Like you have to engage more, so I I like that. I I think it pushes for more action for sure. I don't think there was that big of a difference, in my opinion. Um, it was it was crazy. It just it felt kind of weird, but I liked it. I liked that it was small and it was just get to it. You know, it didn't seem like it was like this big old canvas you need to run around. Um,
0: I remember, I think it was after your debut, you, you were at the post-fight press conference and you were sitting next to Dana White and he was saying like, you know, when I saw Conor for the first time, I knew he was a star. When I saw Ronda Rousey, I knew she was a star. I know that this person right here, Cynthia Calvillo is going to be a star. Do you remember that? And do you feel like you've always had to live up to that? I mean, that's 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 a lofty, you know, um, you know, expectation to put upon someone, right? Especially at a young age. Do you think about that a lot and do you feel like you have to, prove that he was right, and is that part of your motivation?
2: I mean, it was really cool, obviously, when he did do that. It did take, like, a little bit of pressure, for sure. I was like, cause I was like how am I going to do what Connor and Motorazzi are doing, you know, or did. so. Um, it, and then it just kind of got really rocky for me. So then it was just kind of like, uh, I just kind of had to not really try to think about that too much and just make sure I got back on track. Cause it was a little rough you know everything that was on the team I feel like even affected me and there was a couple of mishaps on my part and so now I'm getting back on track and I feel like I can do that at flyweight so hopefully he still feels the same way once <laughs> I get going I know he was really happy with my performance so um I'm stoked about that um you know I still want to keep pushing forward and you know see see how big we can make it happen because as far as you know because um, I feel like I'm barely just scratching the surface, you know. I had such a great first year, and then it's been so up and down and rocky. Now I feel like new chapter, new team, you know, moving back home. It just, it, it, it feels great. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of weighing down on my shoulders, and now I just feel a lot of it come off, and I can really just push hard and, and you know, put all that stuff behind me.
0: Last question. In your mind, how far away are you from – Valentina Shevchenko, how many more fights? How many more years are you from being in that discussion?
2: I think I'm in this, that that discussion already, you know. And it's just kind of um, there's it's such a open division, you know. I mean, there's not many people in that. It's such so new. It's easy to get to the title at flyweight, and um, I mean, everybody in the top five already pretty much, you know, kind of fought her already. And as of yesterday, I'm number two. So, um, I'm right up there. I mean, Joanne Calderwood who I already beat is fighting for the title next. Um, so we'll just see how the fights go. I'm willing to fight. I'm not going to wait for the perfect opportunity to enter. Like obviously she's such a very dominant champion and a lot of people are scared and they're probably going to like, if if once the day I get matched up, I'm pretty sure, you know, everybody's going to think I'm going to get my ass kicked like super easy, but you know, it's, fights you know uh, styles make fights and I think I have probably the best grappling in the division that probably can give a really good run for her money in comparison to the rest of the girls that she's been fighting I mean if it's a stand-up or you know obviously it's MMA we're gonna go in the ring get the fight done however way so um you know I could be you know one more fight and be Lex in line so I'm not opposed to that um I just want to fight, just keep going no matter what, you know, fall down, get back up.
0: So far, so good. You you have fallen down and now you're back up and you are thriving at uh, 125. Great performance, great win. Thank you, as always, for the time, Cynthia, and uh, continued success to you.
2: Yes, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Appreciate Cynthia's time and great to hear about her upbringing as well. I, I do think she's maybe one or two away from being in that discussion at 125. So curious to see who they match her up against next. I think Roxanne Modafferi versus Lauren Murphy, that fight this weekend, the winner of that fight would make a lot of sense. Don't know if Caitlin Chukagian makes a lot of sense because she recently lost to the champ, Valentina Shevchenko. So if she beats her now, you're just killing off a contender. And you have another person who is at the top who Shevchenko already beat. So there's not a lot of money to be made there. So curious to see what they do. That's why I like the Monteferri Murphy fight because they haven't fought against Valentina Shevchenko. Now, there are a lot of people out there that would love to see Valentina Shevchenko fight Amanda Nunes for a third time. And, of course, we just saw Amanda Nunes compete back at UFC 250. Well, she has made a lot of headlines this week after an interview that she did in her home country of Brazil. And she talked about her future. She said, quote, I don't know. I've achieved everything I wanted. I'm well. I can go on with my life. Maybe take a new step. Maybe find new talents. Help some girls. Maybe be a coach too. I'm in a moment that I can retire, you know, and I'm in a moment that I can fight. I'm fine. There's nothing else to be done right now in the division. The Hall of Fame will come for sure. My life going forward, if I do stop now, the UFC will give me every support I need to continue having my money and work, end quote. So a few thoughts on this. First of all, everyone lost their mind, and they're starting to say, oh, here's another fighter who wants to retire. Oh, let's lump her in there with John Jones and Conor McGregor and Jorge Masvidal and Henry Cejudo. Let's get something straight right off the bat. Amanda Nunes isn't those guys. She's not saying this cuz she's unhappy with the UFC or she is unhappy with her pay. Has nothing to do with any of that. She is saying essentially, eh, there's not a lot of competition. And you know what? She's right. But guess what? That's the dream. That's the dream if you're an MMA fighter or any kind of prize fighter. You want to be at the top of the mountain in your prime, making a lot of money, doing well, being successful. And the gap between you and the rest of the contenders is so wide that every time you step in the cage, there is no risk. You're not worried about getting hurt. You're not worried about getting knocked out. Yes, of course, anytime you fight against someone, there's always that risk. But let's be honest. She's fighting right now, lesser competition, and she's getting paid top dollar to do so. That's the dream. It reminds me of when Ben Askren went to one championship and he went out there and you know essentially was fighting lesser competition, was getting paid a lot of money to do that and not getting hurt. That's the dream. At the end of the day, The goal of every prize fighter should be get the most amount of money and take the the least amount of damage, right? That should be the dream. And now she is living that dream. So to me, it would be a silly move on her part, and far be it for me to tell anyone to retire or not retire. But it would be an ill-advised move right now to walk away when you have an opportunity to continue to make a lot of money and fight less competition. Now, I understand if she wants to take a break. I understand she's about to become a mother for the first time. In September, that all makes sense. And it would probably be good for those divisions, 145 and 135, if she takes a break, because you'll allow, you know, other contenders to emerge. So it's not bad if you do that, but to walk away now would make no sense in my opinion, because you are living the dream. And by the way, let's reread those comments she's not saying she's done. She's just talking about options. And she said them in Portuguese. I think a lot of people are overreacting here. I think a lot of people are freaking out. I think we'll see Amanda Nunes fight plenty of times from here on out. And I wouldn't be surprised if we can continue to see her defend that title at 135 and 145. All right. Those are my two cents or three on Amanda Nunes. Now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time For TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week. And as always, it is brought to you by our good friends over at Modelo. Ah, Setting the gold standard for authentic Mexican beer since 1925. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit.
3: TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week. So, Ariel, I've gone way into more detail about how to get rid of physical objects, whether it's by getting rid of them entirely, donating digitizing them because they no longer necessarily add value to your life. But I've also mentioned getting rid of people, but I haven't really gotten into much detail as to why that is something you you should consider doing and the possible benefits you can have from it. And so my personal philosophy on this is that I like to keep a close circle because I think it can be unhealthy in a way to have friends or company just for the sake of having friends or having company. Every person that I am close with makes me better in some way and contributes to my life in meaningful ways. So I I think it's very wise to surround yourself with such people and that to begin to distance yourself from those people who do not contribute in a positive way, that do not build you up, that do not make you think a different way, that do not bring a new perspective, that do not make you laugh or think or cry or love. So um, I would implore everyone who's listening to take stock of the people that you surround yourself with and ask yourself the question. Does this person really enhance my overall experience of life? The answer is yes. Great. Keep that person around and really embrace that person. But if the answer is no, then perhaps you should begin to distance yourself. Not cut off all ties entirely, but just begin to create a little space there. And it is difficult. Yes, I've done it before, but I've never said minimalism that minimalism is easy. But what it is, it is simple. And I believe embracing minimalist tactics like this can greatly improve your quality of life and, in this case, um, and particularly, you know, this works for me. I firmly believe that you are better off spending time alone with yourself, evaluating, trying to get yourself better first, than surrounding yourself with people who make you a worse version of yourself.
0: That is tremendous advice. And on that note, uh, <laughs> Troy, I think it's time for us to go our separate ways. You get what I'm saying? Do you get it? Wow. Do you get it? Ouch. Ouch. I'm just-
3: I do not want to go our separate ways with uh, some of our reviewers. You've got some five-star reviewers here that oh. I want to quick, uh, sneak in real quick. Kimba166, five stars. Title DC, couple exclamation points. I've been a long time listener and I'm so glad I waited to write a review until now. Wow. The addition of DC needs to be a permanent thing. He is a true human being and I wish he would have had this platform years ago as as it has made it easy to root for him and sell him to casuals as the true greatest of all time.
0: Ooh, that's nice. Was there another Here's another one
3: okay. from Matt G, five stars says, keep it up. Love this show, as it's always good, to get my MMA fix. Need to keep being flexible when late-breaking news comes out. Don't be constrained to normal scheduled programs. And uh, with that, Matt, I will hit the
0: music. Yes. And uh, here we are. I appreciate that very much. All right, we're out of time. Thank you, TST. Thanks to our two guests this week. Thank you very much to Cynthia Calvillo. Congratulations to her on the big win. And, of course, thank you very much to Alexander Volkanovsky, the reigning defending featherweight champion, looking to do it again to Max Holloway on July 11th. Of course, this weekend the UFC is back in Las Vegas. Curtis Blades against Alexander Volkov. Important fight in the heavyweight division. How about that co Shane Burgos against Josh Emmett. Those two guys have been on fire as of late. I'm looking forward to that. Raquel Pennington against Marion Renault. Lyman Good against Bilal Muhammad. Jim Miller fighting in his record-tying 35th UFC fight against Roosevelt Roberts. Prelim start at 5 o'clock Eastern. Main card at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. They are simulcasting it. Some other notable fights on the undercard. Roxanne Montefiore against Lauren Murphy, like I mentioned before. Courtney Casey against Jillian Robertson. And... The return of Bobby Green against Clay Guida. So it's a nice night of fighting this Saturday. And, of course, we'll be back on Monday to talk about it all and God knows what else. For now, though, we're out of time. Appreciate you listening. Keep on reviewing, subscribing, doing your thing. I appreciate everyone who did it last week. Keep doing it. We're going to the top, baby. The top. But for now, we're out of time. Talk to you next week.